My name is Chris Bear and welcome to Just Fucking Win on Saturday at 3. On this episode we'll be looking ahead to Rangers game against Aberdeen at Ibrox on Sunday and joining me to go through this is Tom. Tom, how are you mate? Um, I'm not too bad, just about got over Sunday, but yeah. <laughs> I think you're pretty much like me, you just want the season to finish now, don't you? Just oh, definitely. It's done, over and done with. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's hard to kind of gauge the the games in terms of the difficulty, Um if you will, it's it will be a difficult game. Aberdeen in a good run, run of form. Obviously, they, they beat us a couple of weeks ago, so they they'll be wanting to kind of turn us over uh, at Ibrox as well. So the players, to a certain extent, they do need to be focused and they do need to um, be switched on. Whoever is in the starting lineup, and although I would say the the majority of the Rangers fans are, are like me and you, Tom, we just want the season to end. We still don't want to be getting beat Ibrox against Aberdeen. We still expect a level of professionalism, a, a level of effort and desire there. So there is, uh, especially for, which I'm sure me and you will come on to, um, some of the fringe guys will probably get a run out now. That there, there is something there for them to prove to us, you know what I mean? So it's not all um, meaningless because these guys, I'm talking about Alex Lowry, Leon King, Adam Devine, Red Van Yilmaz, uh, these guys will come in, Robbie McCrory as well, and, and they'll want to prove to us that they're good enough to stay for next season. Is that how you see it? Yes, yes. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit in two minds, you know, covering off the, the starting the starting lineup now. I don't want too many of the fringe players given a go, because if we were to get, you know, hammered, and I'm looking at the likes of Lowry and, you know, there was talk of this, you know, Bailey Rice and things, do we want them to be, have their confidence shot? Yeah. I think we might just need to try and get a bit of a balance between... The charlatans who've let us down a few times, but you know, sort of give them get into their get into their heads and say, look, you owe those fans a performance. Uh, it's see, I'm kind of with that uh, argument, Tom. I totally get it. I, I, I wouldn't say you're wrong. Uh, in many ways, I actually think you're right because I think that's what will happen. But I'm at the stage now. Even if these guys who have let us down constantly, um, even if they go out and beat Aberdeen five 0 that would probably in many ways make me more angry. I don't know. It's it's just one of those things like picking and choosing when they want to turn up and and showing a level of performance and a desire that should have been there weeks ago. Uh, and that's why I'm at this stage now, probably the opposite from you in many ways. It uh, doesn't mean that you're wrong, doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's just a game of opinions here. But that's why I'm at the stage where I just rather wouldn't see them because they're in a lose-lose situation. They get beat. I'm angry. The win convincingly, I'm still angry uh, because obviously um, very typical of this team when the pressure's off, they do come to the come to the table with decent performances and I just, I don't want to see that anymore. I know that's weird. It's like almost saying, I don't want to see a good Rangers performance. I don't want to see a good Rangers result. I do, but just not involving certain individuals. <laughs> I, see, I do understand where you're coming from and yeah, I, I see your point. It's, yeah, it's, it's a delicate. Listen, I, I don't envy Michael Beale because he's got a lot of tough decisions to make over the next couple of weeks. But ultimately, um, the outcome is still going to be the same. It doesn't matter because the thing that matters now is the first game of next season, the team that will be on the field that game, and going forward from there. Because this, I, I think we can agree, Tom, this Rangers team is done. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So if we look at it, Michael Beale's going into this game um, with a, a kind of. A, a record that he's not used to as a Rangers manager, at least. And that is two defeats in a row now. Obviously, Aberdeen, obviously Celtic. Uh, the Aberdeen game, there wasn't much significance to that. Uh, maybe 
for Aberdeen there was, but certainly for Rangers, but certainly the Celtic game there was massive significance because that signalled the end of our season, um, as we now have no realistic chance of getting silver with. Yep. So, is, uh, well, do you think Michael Beale will use this as an opportunity to see certain players that we haven't seen over the last um, year, just to see if anyone can force their way into his plans in the next season? And if we're playing devil's advocate here, some of the players that we've probably written off, do you think that they have any opportunity of salvaging their Rangers career in this run of games? I think, and I'm, you know, I'm almost second guessing here, I think we'll probably see close to what what you call the strongest side mm-hmm. uh, for Aberdeen and Celtic, uh, yeah. you know, for our next two matches. And then, you know, once they're out of the way, arguably the two, you know, what's that, you know fir- first and third in the league as, as it stands, I think once they're out of the way, he'll play the fringe players for the next, you know, for the remaining three games, just to see what they've got. Yeah, yeah, I actually do think, um, I do think you're you're accurate, you're, you're you're spot on because I can see them treating these two games more seriously than than the last three games. Uh, it's just going to be, I'm going to be wrestling with my emotions a wee bit because, as I say, there's going to be guys taking to the field over the next two games that I just do not want to see, uh, and I just shot again, but that is what it is. I mean, even just, I mean, it's a Celtic game, especially, and you know, I know we're going to look at it in a week or so's time. But for bragging rights, it's a dead rubber. I mean, there's no, there's going to be nothing in it. You know, the 99.9% certain of won the league on Saturday, unfortunately, but well, Sunday, sorry. Um, but Michael Beale cannot. He almost has to get something against them. Yeah. Even even though it's going to be a meaningless game, if at least he can at least lay a glove on them. Mm, yeah, it's something to take forward next season. I totally agree with you. Though. The the Celtic game is so important for Michael Beale. Um, ultimately, uh, if he loses it, it again, we'll come back to that and say it, it actually doesn't matter. But I think it's something else for his detractors out with the club. And let's be honest, Tom, inside the the, the football club, I don't actually mean inside the building. I mean as in the support. Yes. Um, it's something for those guys to fling at Michael Beale and say, look, there's another chance you had to beat him, you still couldn't do it. And he really needs to get that monkey off his back because the longer it goes, the shorter his Rangers career will be, unfortunately, because that's just the nature of the beast in Glasgow. You don't beat Celtic, you don't remain Rangers manager for an extended period of time. Um, but you offer me right now, do we get beat next week against Celtic? I know we're kind of going off the tangent here, but if you offer me right now, do we get beat next week against Celtic, but we beat them in the first over for next season? I shake your hand and I take that. So it's it's fine. It's, it's, it, you need to balance it, is pretty much the, the narrative here. The, the Celtic game, obviously the, the semi-final, do you expect a hangover from, from the team? <clears throat> I don't think so, no, because it's Aberdeen. I think the fact that it's not, you know, the the playing a, a team who they mentally know they can beat, you know, you know, it's it's pain me to say it. I don't know if that if our if our team's got the mentality to say we can beat that beat that Celtic team. Yeah. You know, go go back way back when when Goff when you know when when Goff was a, was a captain, we you know we'd them beaten in the tunnel because they were looked at us and went, yeah, we're not doing this today. Yeah. yeah I think our teams has a, has a similar mentality, but the other way around. See, see, just on that, Tom, um, again, go off on a wee tangent here because we're, we're quite uh, scarce for, for content this week anyway, so it's good to have different types of conversations. And, and listen, uh, a man of your vintage, Tom, obviously you're uh, just a wee bit older than me, so you've seen a, a different generation of Rangers. Uh, you, you, what age were you journeying in the row? Uh, well, I'm 42 now, so yeah. I grew up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, late, yeah, late well, yeah, early teens. Yeah, so my uh, my first generation Rangers team was effectively it was Advocate 
I remembered towards the tail end of nine in a row, but obviously Advocat was he was like my first ever Rangers team. And th- there's this uh, kind of element of the Rangers support, like yourself, Tom, um, probably your age upwards, um, that are so in love with the 90s that there is a, a discussion to be had there. Do, do the Rangers fans of your vintage, Tom, um, I'm, I'm not picking a new here, <laughs> do, do we need to adapt to what a modern day successful Rangers team is because those days we're not going to get a golf, we're not going to get a love drop, we're not going to get a Gaza. We need a new type of player. And or do you think we should still hold players to the standards of like when we get a defender right, he needs to be Richard Goff, when we get a winger right, he needs to be sort of similar to Brian Lundrup. I know he's never going to be Brian Lundrup. When we get a, a, a tenacious midfielder, he needs to be Ian Ferguson, Stuart McCall. When we get a goal scorer, we need somebody like McCoy. Do, do we need to kind of leave that a wee bit to the side now and just realise that the game is different in terms of the types of player that can make a successful Rangers team? Because I've no doubt about it, this, this Celtic team, if we look at them uh, in isolation, they're a very, very good team. I, I, I would um, painstakingly admit that. But they're not going to beat Rangers nine in a row team. In fact, I would go one further. They uh, Martin and Celtic team bully this Celtic team, this current Celtic team. So what I'm trying to say is Celtic know what success looks like from generations in the past, but they've managed to adapt to the modern game by bringing in a more modern type of player. And it's working for them, whereas we as a support and possibly as a club, we're still looking for a certain player from the bygone era. Do you, do you believe in that or do you think that that's just a load of, a load of shape, basically? Well, I mean, the first thing I want to say, um, I actually think that the current Celtic team would run the nine in a row team pretty close. You think? Yeah, well, they're in the late 50s, early 60s at the moment, aren't they? So. <laughs> <laughs> they might get a draw for them. <laughs> but, um, just, yeah, we're never going to get close to them talent well. We're never going to get, you know, Terry Butcher was the England captain. Chris Woods was, the, you know, England's number one. Gascoigne was, was Gascoigne. We're never going to get that. But what we can have is the mentality. Yeah. And we can look and we go, all right, you might not be, you know, you might not be as good as Terry Butcher was. Or, you know, you might not have the goal scoring abilities of Ali. But give me their mentality. Look yeah. at their play. Be big enough and be good enough to play for Rangers. No, I would agree with The fans now, you know, I think even people, you know, the old people like me, would forgive would forgive the lack of skill for the heart. Well, see, that's the thing that's frustrating thing, Tom, because I think we're in a situation where this is quite a talented team. If you look at the individual talent within the team, it is a mentality issue. There's no doubt about it. That um, teams don't get undefeated league seasons and Europa League finals if there isn't any talent in the team. It's what's always been questioned about a Rangers team, and it is their mentality. And I would agree with you there, but mentality is something that needs to come within. I don't think you can teach mentality. I think you can um, nurture it, maybe. You can try and help it be developed, but it has to come within the individual, which, again, as everything does when we discuss this, uh, when we discuss any issue with Rangers, it always comes back to Ross Wilson. Ross Wilson always said that he knew players inside out, he knew their characteristics, he knew um, their diets, their lifestyles, their social um, their social lives, their home lives, their private lives. He said he knew everything about them. And it quite clearly contradicts that when you look at the type of players that he's brought in with really quite poor mentalities. Yep, yeah, it would suggest he's an abysmal judge of character, to be honest. It really would. Or, or what character did he actually think we needed at Rangers? Yeah, um, it's, I'm glad he's gone, Tom. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> yes. Uh, back to back to Aberdeen. Aberdeen appointed Barry Robson as their permanent manager. Uh, 
look, you, you, you look at these things in Scottish football, it, it happens more often than not in Scottish football, actually. They, they bring an interim manager in, they get a good few results, they get the job, and then they kind of fall off the the bandwagon a wee bit, and then they, they look silly. Um, I have to be honest with you, Tom, I don't think that's going to happen here. I think Barry Robson's got his head screwed on. He's a very intelligent guy. Um, he's got, a, I think, one of the best things that Barry Robson done for Aberdeen when he got the interim gig was he surrounded himself with right good talented coaches. Steve Agnew is his assistant manager. That's a very, very experienced um, guy who's been in and about the English Championship and the English Premier League. Uh, so I think they've got a, as it pains me to say it, because Barry Robson's not exactly the most likeable guy you remember for Celtic, but they, they seem to have landed on a, a, a competent manager um, and he Aberdeen could be, could be a different beast altogether um, next season. So were you surprised to see that he got the job? Do you think it's a good appointment? I know this is a Rangers podcast and ultimately we don't actually give a fuck, but um, <laughs> as I say, we do need to talk about the Aberdeen game. Yeah. Ultimately, no, I pretty much agree with that everything you've said there. Um, yeah, he, he came in, obviously, obviously Aberdeen were dreadful, you know, getting beat by Darvel in the Scottish Cup for, for one. That's not, that's not a team that was going anywhere and he has turned that round. Yeah. So he he deserves it. He deserves the opportunity. He's not he's not got it on. You know you've had a couple of good results. They've said we we seen he's obviously seen what he's done on the pitch, and he's obviously doing enough off it as well to you know to to, to get this job. I mean clearly I want him to fail miserably, but <laughs> it goes without saying. But yeah, yeah, yeah fair play. The form getting this game, Tom, six seven wins in a row, um, and obviously they beat us uh, the last time we played them as well. Uh, I don't think that actually matters as much because I don't believe in any situation, in any walk of life, in any scenario, in any year that Aberdeen should be getting into a game against Rangers as the favourites. That just quite clearly should not ever be the case and it isn't even the case here. I think their form has been good, obviously, but I just do not feel them. And that's where Rangers really we are in the gutter with this team. This team is like... This team has been taken outside the house, left in the curb, the curb side, and we're waiting for the, the bin men to come and take them away. Um, and I still actually expect to be Aberdeen. Um, I mean, maybe, perhaps, more fool me. I just don't feel them. I really don't. And that's despite them probably being on the best run they've been on in about five years. It goes back to my earlier point. The team don't fear them either. Yeah. They're, you know, do I want to use the word to fear Celtic? No. But they've got a lot more. Christ almighty, we're playing Celtic next week. As opposed to, oh, it's Aberdeen. We always beat Aberdeen. Well, stand fast the last game, but you know, we, the, the beaters once, all right, we'll, we'll go beat them next time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, I suppose to try and sell the game, even to myself, not to even any listeners or anyone else, but just to myself, I suppose it'll be interesting to see how, how the players react, um, how the players perform. But uh, I fully expect a reaction. I think we'll get a reaction. I actually expect some good performances from the usual suspects. Or, uh, and what I mean by that is not, not the, the positive usual suspects by the, the negative usual suspects, the ones who constantly let us down. I actually expect them to perform. Um, because, I, again, I, I've said that that's just what a Rangers team does. And it's so, so frustrating. It really, really is, but I don't want to tear strips off them, you know what I mean? Because what's, what's the point? I think we went in heavy against the, the, the players post-Celtic. They deserved it. They probably do deserve to be torn strips off at every podcast we do between here and the end of the season. But ultimately, Tom, it's not going to change anything. So I think it's we just need to... It's almost a grievance um, uh, kind of scenario where, you know, we need to 
first comes like guilt and shame and then acceptance and then when obviously we go through all the stages of grieving um we finally get to the acceptance stage and i think that's the scenario for a lot of these players and ultimately the team yeah so i think you know the, the players who are leaving and you know I'm, I'm guessing i'm making the assumption stand fast you know again those who are out of contract if they've not signed a new deal will know they're going but there's other players there will know they've played the last you know they're coming into the last five games for rangers i'd like to think they will have the professional you know the professionalism to go ahead and leave with the head held high because i think you know i think any drop again you know the drop points on saturday the little goodwill they've got left will evaporate can i just say something Tom? That, that's that's the problem for me because I genuinely believe that. Um, let me think who who could possibly believe in uh, Ryan Kent. He probably is your best example here. If Ryan Kent features in the last five games and Rangers win five in a row, I genuinely believe Ryan Kent would think I've left him my head my, my head held high here. <laughs> then the Rangers fans yeah. are going, "No, you've left us a loser, mate." And that's the difference. There's a that's the disconnect, isn't it? Yes, and it's. You, you, you can't teach that stuff. That stuff needs to be... You, like That's how I always look at Todd Cantmill, and that's why I think I've tanked him. The, the new the new guys um, over the last 18 months, out with Cantwell and Raskin, the, all the new guys that have come in, you look at them and go, right, I've seen that type before, I've seen that type before, both technically and mentally. You go, no, I've seen I've seen this type of player before, I've seen that type of player before. That player's not good enough, that player will only last six months, that player will only last a year. He's shite, they're shite. And that's the nature of the Rangers fan. We're quick to judge. And people always say, give them time because look at Mark Haley. Um, I think the only recent example is Borna Barisic. Look look how long it took him. No, we're Rangers. You need them to come in. You need them to be completely different to what we have. And you need them to hit the ground running. Yep. And uh, I, I don't want to come across as having an agenda against Nico Raskin. I don't. I think he's a good player going forward. He will be good. I think he fits the mould of same same a little so i'm willing to give him time i really am especially uh considering the circumstances he's coming he's coming to an absolute shit show so he can get my time i will give him time i i do think possibly people within the support have felt that he's performed to a level that they've expected him to perform but not what he's actually performed but when it comes to todd cantwell straight away tom i thought he's different not yep. just in his style of play but in his mentality and then you see his style of play and you go, I'll have him. He's for me. And that that's, I suppose what I'm saying here is, that's what we need going forward. We need players to come into the club and straight away we can identify with them, straight away we can relate to them, and straight away we can actually see this is something that we've not had in quite a while and this is a positive. Yeah, you know, to, to put it away, we need we need somebody you can put on, you know, kids can put on the wall, posters of. Yeah, all right. Do not- Definitely, aye. It's, um, and I would definitely say we Todd is one of those. Um, oh, he's rapidly becoming a fan's favourite, isn't he? I know, I love Todd. I love Todd. Uh, absolutely love him. Just on that, you know, we spoke uh, uh, post Celtic about the water incident. I'm not going to bring it up again, but what I will bring up is Chris Boyd's comments. Uh, did you see them yourself, Todd? Uh, Tom? I read them very, very, very quickly. You know, well, just for the just for the sake of the listener, basically, um, Chris Boyd said that Todd Cantwell needs to stop trying to wind up the fans and just concentrate on his football. I'm sorry, but Chris Boyd second spell was one of the biggest disgraces I've ever seen play for Rangers. So I don't know why he's coming away with that. Chris Boyd trolls Celtic fans. As a pundit, we smile, and he and he knows what he's doing there, and it's quite funny. I'm not fucking having, a, I'm not having a go. There. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, nose in glass houses, and then 
Chris Boyd's first spell at Rangers, although it was record breaking and it was a phenomenal goal return, especially for what we paid, he did not fulfil anywhere near the potential he had because of his poor professionalism and his his poor attitude towards football and his career petered out. So, Tom, who the fuck does Chris Boyd think he is having a go at Cantwell actually showing some disdain against the Celtic team? Ask me what we're missing. You know, we're missing that disdain. You know, yeah. missing the players that can go and do that. Exactly. Know? I mean, was it disdain? You know, you, you go back, go back a couple of years ago, where you know um, Scotty Arfield and Scott Brown for the drop ball. Yeah. You know, but you see how you know Arfield pulled the shots and went. That that's what we need. That you know that was that disdain. Or was it just a case of that's a drop ball, but I'm going for it. Exactly. And you know? Chris Boyd played with a team, a guys like uh, David Weir, Barry Ferguson, Kevin Thompson. To certain extent, Kenny Muller. Uh, I know he splits opinion big time, but do you think these guys are going to you know be nice to the opposition? It's just not a thing. That's just not a thing that you should be doing as a successful football player at Glasgow Rangers. You need to have that 90-minute hate for the opposition. If they want to take that 90-minute hate home with them and actually hate the opposition 24-7, that's also fine by me, but at least show for the 90 minutes that you don't respect the opposition. And for Chris Boyd to come away with something like that, I was just like, what the... F-? Like, who needs enemies, really? Um, Tom, was Chris just maybe trying to look after his media profile as well? Well, that that is a common theme amongst ex Rangers players. Yeah. Let's be honest, though. It's um, let's hope that changes with the new board. Uh, we do have news on that as well. There's been yet another departure, but we'll just before we come to that, obviously, the team line up, uh, Tom, for the weekend. Obviously, we're recording on the Thursday. Press conferences are always a Friday, um, so we do this without the benefit of having any information. But we kind of touched upon it at the start. Let's have a wee discussion about it now. <laughs> I'm with you, Tom. I think it will be a fairly strong lineup. Uh, I don't want it to be quote unquote the strongest lineup on paper. I do want to see guys that we haven't seen for a couple of months um, get a chance. But I do think Bill is going to be taking this game as seriously as he possibly can. Which is, I just don't want. To see, I just don't want to see that. No, I don't want. Not that I don't want to see Bill taking it seriously. I just don't want to see these players. But unfortunately, I agree with you, Tom. I think we are going to see these players. Yeah, and we're going to see McGregor for the next, well, for at least next two. Mm-hmm. After that, yeah, we might see might see McCrory get a turn. Might even see McLaughlin get get a farewell. You know, if, if the media stories are true. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, keeper picks himself for the next two. I just I, I was just hoping to see Suter, Yilmaz, um, Lowry, maybe Leon King, Adam Devine, McCrory. Uh, obviously, some of the the young boys. Uh, to be honest. The, the young boys, I don't want to see a lot of the young boys because ultimately I don't think they're good enough. Um, so one or two, I think the two standouts, as you said, Bailey Rice and uh, Zach Lovelace, I think they done enough to deserve a chance. Uh, the rest of the young boys I don't think have. So I don't want to be, I don't want the team littered with all these young players. Um, I don't. I think that will be counterproductive to your point, Tom. It just gets them in as much a rut as the senior players so you need to kind of box cover there and, and look after the, the young boys um, but especially the fringe men just just fling them in um, that's that's what I say but I, I don't think it's going to happen uh, other news Tom the the kill at boardroom level uh, continues uh, obviously there was the, the departure of Craig Mulholland announced at the start of the week, but yet another departure, and it's the finance director, um, Andrew Dixon. Uh, long serving, by the way, joined the team, uh, joined the club about 94, 95, sort of kind of uh, junior position, and he's worked his way up to a senior position. 
uh, and he has, well, it's not been confirmed by the club yet, but it's certainly been confirmed by some outlets. Uh, and obviously, David, the heart and hand, ran the story as well. So that's what gives me confidence to talk about it as a done deal. Um, he will be leaving the club at the end of the season as well. So to the recap, it's getting quite a list now. Um, David Graham, communications director. Douglas Park, chairman. Ross Wilson, director of football. Stuart Robertson, managing director, Craig Mahond, academy director, and now finance director, Andrew Dixon, long-serving Andrew Dixon, by far the longest-serving member of staff that has left over the last two weeks. Um, I suppose, Tom, it's, no, I, I, I can't, to be honest, I can't say any negative for this because he, Andrew, I don't know him, I don't know much about him, but what I do know is he's been there through many, many boardrooms, you think about from 2012 onwards, um, and that is quite a body of work for someone to be, and I'm not saying it's all his fault, I'm not even saying it's his fault at all, I just think that change, a fresh approach is... The, the best possible outcome for Rangers and that's why it can only be a positive for me um, we need new eyes in there, we need, we need new people um, and with the weeds and getting their fingers dirty and, and, and a, a different approach to, to certain things and like you have to say John Bennett, he's you know he's no, he's no spoke to yet, that's coming but by God is he making an impression and I always say Tom Actions certainly do speak louder than words, and John Bennett's actions over the last couple of weeks is one of, nah, this has been fucking shit, and let's get this changed, and I don't care. Like that, such radical change is usually staggered over a period of months. The fact that this has been done in this, literally the space of two weeks, all these guys leaving, it's exactly what has been needed to, to have happened, not just the last two weeks, but let's, let's be honest, the last two years. That this kind of stuff should have happened, um, and I'm excited about Ben. Yes, yeah. I mean, there there is a little bit, maybe a little bit at the back of my mind saying this is either going to be really, really good or it's really, really bad. You know, to to have to have, especially just that you know off the pitch to be getting, you know, to be losing so many members of staff, whether that's you know agreed or we need to make changes. You're going to do it so quickly. What sort of upheaval is that going to generate? Bear in mind, we've got to start looking at the next season mm. pretty much now. For me, I don't think Bennett, uh, he's clearly a very clever man, I don't think he does this about actually having a plan in place before he pulls the trigger. I think Bennett knows exactly who's going to fill these positions um, and I expect announcements in due course uh, for, for these positions to be filled because there's, there's not a chance in hell Bennett has pulled the trigger on all these guys without having anything lined up. I genuinely believe they're all, he's got his ducks in a row and he's he's, he's ready to to execute the, the plan of replacing these guys. I genuinely believe that. Um, I suppose your anxiety comes from the fact that if the opposite of that's the case, where he's just got these guys out the door and he's not actually got people lined up. Yeah, that and, you know, what is the reason? Apart from the fact that we need change. Yeah, but why is it, if it gradual change, if you just come in and went, right, we're getting rid of you, through to you, you're all you're all going, and you know I, mean, I do understand. You know he's a he's a wealthy man. He's you know clearly a lot cleverer than I am, a lot more switched off than I am, which is you know why he's not here, where I, why he's not podcasting with you now, and I'm yeah. not in charge at Ibrox. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. He will he, he will have a plan, but yeah, just just the speed of it concerned me a little. But I think see if for example if if John Bennett was an external appointment as a chairman. And he just came into the club, and this radical change was on the horizon. Yo, fuck, I'd be nervous. Like, who is this guy, and why is he making so many changes so quickly? 
the fact that Bennett's been there for five years and he's worked with all these guys and he knows exactly what they've done in their role and what's expected in the role and the reality of their job performance against his expectations, that's what makes me comfortable because he's not going to either, let's phrase it, get rid of or let go of these guys if he feels that they've got something to offer. Uh, because as I say, he's been there and seen it all himself for the last five years. So I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Eh? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And that's a much more positive way of putting it. So yeah. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go with that one. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my MO to be that positive, but I'm just, it's, it's a new change, so everybody gets a, a fresh start with me. Um, you get one chance, you fuck it up, and then that's it. <laughs> There's no going yep. back. I, I just double down. Um, oh, look, it's uh, it's it's very much an end of season feel to this now, Tom. Uh, I haven't spoke to any Rangers fan either on social media or, or in my actual um, real life who said to me, "Oh, I can't wait for the game on Sunday." I think. I'm not dreading it. We're just sort of compliantly fulfilling our obligation as a fan to support the team, get the game over with, and then never talk about the game itself. And then move on to the next one, do the same again, the next one, the next one, the next one. The season ends, and then we all just breathe a sigh of relief, going, thank fuck for that. And then we all look forward to July. So how about that, Tom? From one positive to a right down to the negative. <laughs> well, I think on the edge, you know, we've seen on the socials, nobody said, I can't wait to get to Ibrox on Saturday or Sunday. Sorry, can't wait to get there. It's going to be great. Well, no, it's looking get it up. Just, 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 you, sorry, just toss, toss, a, toss a coin for the next five games. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> Give me five draws. Give me five draws for the next five games. Yeah. Um, just just on that point, actually, we'll, we'll finish up with us. There's some rumblings on social media about perhaps Ibrox won't be anywhere near full. I just don't believe that to be the case. I don't have any concern about the capacity, um, att- well, the attendances of the next three home games. I think that will be as pretty much close to a full house as you possibly can. Um, you've got the Aberdeen Celtic game, so they'll take care of itself in terms of fans attending. Uh, just off the top of my head, I can't remember. Is it St Mirren we've got, or uh, I can't, I can't remember who the last game at Ibrox is. Um, the last game's Hearts. Uh, Hearts, yeah. Hearts or Hibs? It's Hearts, yeah. It's midweek Hearts game. <laughs> it's either Hearts, Hibs, or St Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the last game, um, for me, will be a sellout because it's we're going to be saying bye to effectively Alan McGregor. Uh, and Stephen Davis, so I, I don't have any concerns about the attendances over the last three games. What about yourself? Exactly, I think you know. Had we not been losing, you know, had we not been saying farewell to some big players for us, some legends, mm. might have been slightly different. But yeah, the fact that it's hard, it's it's still you know a, a decent enough decent enough team, and we've got and we're saying and we'll be saying farewell to some big players for us. So yeah, Ibrox will be packed. Yeah, no, I don't have any concerns about that. Well, that just about sums it up. Uh, we will be back um, next week to look over the hopefully a positive result against Aberdeen, and then we will be looking ahead to the old fun game next weekend. Um, just before I thank Tom, if you could please follow, subscribe, or like us on any of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on YouTube, uh, TikTok, Spotify. Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. So follow, like, or subscribe us in any of that. Um, leave us a review. Uh, that would be great as well. Um, and Tom, thanks very much, mate. No worries. Thank you for having me. Always well, good. Pleasure as always. Um, so join us uh, next week where we will, as I say, come through the Aberdeen game and we'll be looking ahead to the Celtic game. Talk to you then. Cheers.